Today's guest was raised by a single mom and is so amazing after the hardship. What great things she passed on to her daughter. And that is coming up next. Need a judgment free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week, We have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Hola, Reina. Hi, Queen. How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I'm excited to have you here. I've got a super chévere mujer, a super fun woman to introduce to you today. And she's got an interesting story and background, which I'm sure you will appreciate. Her name is Cristina Igaraybides. Cristina is an actor, comedian, storyteller, originally from Chicago, but now in Los Angeles. She is a creative producer with Teatro Luna, a Latina woman of color social justice theater company. She loves telling stories and loves arming women with the tools to tell their own story because she believes it's our time. In this episode, you're going to learn about the one trait her mom passed on to her despite the hardship she endured raising her as a single mom. You're also going to learn the wake-up call she had applying for college on grants and student loans and what she learned about her husband when they were looking to purchase a house. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Cristina. I am pumped to have you here. Hola. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you, to connect with you, to learn about you. You've got such an, an inst- interesting background. So let's start with your money story. So tell us about how you grew up with around money, what you heard, what you saw, and what you experienced. Yeah, no, definitely. I think similar to uh, a lot of Latinas that I've encountered, um, it wasn't something we really talked about uh, as far as how to just interact with money. Um, my mom never owned a home. I grew up in my grandparents' home uh, my entire life, and my mom still lives there, actually. And, you know, I never knew how much my mother made until, you know, I got my first corporate job, and she's like, that's all, <laughs> you know? And um, so I'm like, okay, mom, I thought you made this much your whole life. So no, but it was just because she wanted more for me. I actually never knew what our money story was because I grew up as an only child uh, to a single mom. And I never felt like we didn't have enough. Um, My mom made sure we had everything we needed and then some. Like I went to Disneyland and Disney World. You know, we'd go to like random places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it was always the travel was specific to places we always knew people in. So I think that's how we got around. Like we never really stayed at hotels, which is what I I noticed now. But I never knew what our situation was until I actually had to apply to college and had to fill out the FAFSA, you know, to get student aid. And I found out I got a ton of grants and scholarships. Because my mom wasn't making a lot of money. She was a single mother. 
And, you know, we were uh, from the far south side of Chicago. And, you know, I was a, a spectacular student. I will say that too. You know, it wasn't just that. But I remember vividly on a phone call with, you know, you had three-way calls with your friends. Yeah, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> I remember those. Yeah. And it wasn't until then that I was like, you guys, I cut like almost a full ride, like just from like legit, like government grants, not like Sally Mae and like scholarships. And they're like, yeah, that's because you're poor. And that was like, oh, you know, <laughs> like what? But they were kind of right. They were completely off. But like, I never like saw us in that light. Because she made sure that she didn't bring that scarce, the lack of into light. She was very positive, it sounds like, and made everything fun or just like everything was in a positive tone is what it sounds like. Because I, I think as a mom, uh, you have to do that regardless of the situation. Being a military spouse, I know one thing that each time we had to move with the boys when they were little, it doesn't work anymore much with them now that they're older, but it was always being upbeat. Yeah, we're going on a new adventure, you know, those type of things. So I think that positive tone that your mom brought really helped because I, and it was a smart thing, too, because instead of bringing in, we don't have money, we can't afford this, it allowed you to have this it sounds like you don't have a negative impression of money, right? Or you don't have that, oh my goodness, where we're not going to be able to do this because of a lack of money. Because I, And that was the, your upbringing, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> Kudos to your mom. <laughs> I love that. So it was not until you were applying to college that you realized the financial situation that you grew up in. So you got grants and, and scholarships, and that's fantastic. So let's tell us what happened next. So you went to college. Did you start studying? Because you're in your career right now, you act, you're a comedian, you're a storyteller, and I would love to more about comedian. I feel like I'm a comedian naturally, but <laughs> I, but it might be just part of my goofy status. Eh, you know, <laughs> we, we, people well, people can you can you know make their own judgment on that. Were you in the arts or like what what took you? No, I went to the number one theater school in the country to study marketing. Wow. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. I went to DePaul University in Chicago. Okay. And so many grades have come out of that theater school. It is tough. But I didn't know that that was something I could do because my mom, again, like always wanted the best for me. And like, I didn't even know like you could have a career in the arts. I just thought that was something other people did and just kind of stumbled upon it or had rich parents. You the know, luck. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Which is, you know, still true, but. You know, I graduated with a marketing degree in the College of Commerce and went straight into a career in advertising at a big ad agency in Chicago. And it wasn't until then that I started kind of teaching myself about money because they had a 401k. I was living at home with my parents. So I was, I knew that you don't want to spend frivolously and whatever you have left, you should save. You know, and that's all I basically did. I just saved as much money as possible. I only spent it going out with friends on weekends. And that really helped me gain a lot of independence at a very early age because by the time I was 23, I was able to straighten my teeth and my nose out of pocket because those were the things that were important to me at the time. I didn't realize I was an actor yet, but I was already acting like one, you know? <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> And because those things cost money. And I was like, 
oh, wow, I didn't even need to ask my mom. I had a deviated septum and they were like, oh, do you want to do anything else while we're down there? And I'm like, yeah, I had a big bump in the middle of my nose that was like severely bringing me down. Nobody really knew this, but it's, it runs in my family too. We have like, I, I don't personally, but my grandmother called me Chata. Oh, man. La abuelita siempre Chata, but we had some other family that had that bump right there. Yeah, some family. It skipped me. Yeah. But so I was like, yeah. And I didn't even have to ask my mom for the extra like out of pocket money. Because you had it. Yeah. So that happened. Fast forward to like my last serious relationship. If we want to get into that. Yet. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I was dating my uh, now husband, who is not from here. He is from the UK. So he's grew up in England his whole life. But I always say he's the best type of Englishman because he's brown. His family is, is um, Indian descent. Okay. So he, you know, we had like those cultural differences going on. And not only that, we were dating long distance. I was living in New York to California at the time. So that was another barrier. And I found out after a year in that we definitely had different money stories. And how you say like that is important to know each other's partner's money story. It's so true. And, you know, we didn't really talk about it too much while we were dating until I moved out here to California to be with him because I knew it started getting serious. And I quickly learned that owning a house, owning property was very important to him and was something I never thought about once. I just wanted to save money to have things that I need and maybe some nice things. And um, once, you know, it was like our year into renting in LA here, he really got the itch to start looking to buy. And I was supportive. I was all for it, but he wanted to do it with me. Right. And something just felt off. <laughs> you know, we started doing all the pre-prep work. But by this point, actually, also, he was on an L1B visa yeah so work there's so visa. many types i yeah. can't keep up it's yeah. it's ridiculous <laughs> i can't keep up yeah and so like we started doing the pre-prep work but it, it just felt weird you know and i called one of my girl best girlfriends in new york my jewish friend who always like approaches everything from that you know culture and she's like you're not signing anything until he puts a ring on it and i was like you're absolutely right <laughs> you're right like, I, why would I do this with someone who hasn't shown like a real commitment? And I know that's not for everyone, but I realized it was important to me. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So three months later, he proposed <laughs> and I did tell him like outright, like, I'm not going to go into this whole thing without some real commitment. Right. And um, I was smart. Yeah. And, and like I said, like, I don't say like everyone has to do it, but it was something that made me feel safer about going into something like this. And while we were engaged, he actually got his green card before we even got married. So I think it was a personal goal to show that to us, that he didn't want to feel like he needed us to be married in order to feel stable here. Like he worked really hard to get his work to do that for him. But that still didn't mean he was a citizen, right? Green card can only get you so far when it comes to these things. And I learned that the hard way. Um, but what we fought over a lot when we were looking at places was the price. And I would always be like, we can't afford this. And he, and he was always like, yes, we can. And we both knew how much savings we had. 
So I was like, where is this money coming from? You know, that you think we can afford this. And it got to the point where we got into this huge argument and me just like saying, you know what? Forget it. I'm not doing this with you anymore. I'm not putting my name on it. You buy your damn house. <laughs> and he had like a quiet moment and he kind of like shrunk in himself and was like, I can't. And I was like, what? He's like, I can't buy the house without you. And, it's, and you think it's like, well, because you love me so much. Like, I need your credit. And I was like, <sighs> oh, damn it. Because he did not have any credit built up here. Therefore, he could not. You can't get a house. His home. And that's when I kind of caved in. I mean, no, I didn't cave in. I knew it was so important to him. And, you know, it was his dream to own a home. And it's the American dream. It's a global dream, you know. So we worked things out. And I was like, oh, I have the power, actually. <laughs> you know? And how your dreams become each other's dreams. And one last hurdle that happened uh, before we actually found a place that we both agreed to. And during this time was the Brexit vote was happening. So Brexit was when the UK was trying to separate from the European Union. And, you know, there's a whole lot of things that was happening with that um, money-wise, immigration-wise. You know, it was a very terrible situation. I mean, still is being worked out, I know. But so not only did I have to, like, follow, like, U.S. news. I had to follow global news because of him, you know? Yeah. And he actually had all of his savings still in the U.K. Mm, so Gotcha. So it was transferring that money here. I'm sure it was another... Because with my parents in Colombia, that's other things that they have to consider when uh, returning to Colombia is like, okay, do the keeping the money there and the implications of keeping the money here in the U.S. versus bringing it. It's just, oh my, I don't, yeah, that's another area that I'm like, oh, that's complicated. Right. And like it was, the, he was watching the the value of, of the pound, the sterling every day, like leading up to, you know, when we were going to finally put down our our final offer until one day I was like, you know what? You know, like women's intuition, like, just, <laughs> just take it out now. Just, just take it out. Let's, let's just do it. You know? All right. And two days later, the Brexit vote happened and the pound plummeted. We oh, would have, wow. we would have been out over $10,000. Wow. Yeah. If he, he had not taken it out on time. And I don't know what we would have done. We wouldn't have had our, you know, down payment or like the whole thing. So overcame that thanks to moi again. <laughs> and your intuition. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And we and we were we were able to to do it and um and own our first home. Which That's is, awesome. Yeah, never my dream, but became, you know, uh our, both of our dreams together. Love it. And when was this? Was this was about two and a half two, years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congrats on that. And now, so, and you've been married approximately that time frame, you know, yes, two to three yes. years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your husband is from the UK. He's of Indian descent. So you've got different cultures. Besides the really learning early on that owning a home was important. What are some other things that or differences between you and him because of the cultures that you noticed? Oh man, he'll kill me for saying this. But... I won't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the podcast will, but you know. Yeah, yeah. But like, let's just say like, I grew up 
loving to get deals at Marshall's, TJ Maxx. That was like a thrill, you know, <laughs> to find like name brands there. Whereas like his family bought the name brands, <laughs> you know, at the store. They showed me being able to gift yourself every now and then. That seemed very important. Some of the the things that you don't have to save everything, you know, you can splurge on um, that fancy bag or you can splurge on that fancy dress every now and then. Like his family is very like fashion forward. And I think that's part of like the European thing too. Um, even though he wouldn't say England is European, it's like a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but his first gift to me was a designer dress. And first of all, like men don't buy women dresses, but his sister- Mine did. And he was always proud that, oh, I got it just the right really? size. Yeah, he okay. would, th- I do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Now I don't feel so weird. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like those kind of things, like, you know, the not importance, but um, that it's good to like treat yourself and and be good to yourself. But at the same time, the things that that really matter still are, you know, making sure obviously you always have food on the table, you have a roof over your head and and travel. He was he was always huge into traveling. And I just was not. Like, I was fine seeing New York, LA, Miami, SF, and I'm good. You know, I never had any desire to go across the country. And that was another thing that became both of our dreams together. We're going to Japan in two weeks, never been nice. to Asia. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, the importance of seeing the world and understanding the world through other people and through going to, to places that are foreign to you and, and learning about other cultures, which was something I didn't realize because I'm like, I'm Latina. I got culture. What, what else do I need? You know? <laughs> I hear you. Well, that's fantastic. So now you're going on another dream or starting the new dream of travel. Where, what other places? Um, yeah. We, so we got engaged actually in Australia. Oh, nice. Was nice. Highly, highly recommend. Like that was my number one trip of my life. Like if you can get there, do it. And we were all around the Gold Coast, like Sydney up to the Great Barrier Reef. So we got to see the Great Barrier Reef, or hopefully does not die out soon. Um, But uh, we went to Costa Rica, Spain, France. Nice. uh, Of course, London, you know, all the time. (laughs) Any money savings travel tips that you have learned in those on those travels? Yes. Because remember, I you know you said you love the deals like in Marshalls and those places. He did it, so I'm I'm curious about what the difference is. Did he pay full cost for? Yeah, no, no. Now he's like me. Like he bought a <laughs> love it shirt. converted. Yes, I did that to my husband too, <laughs> and he loves it. He's like I just got this shirt from Old Navy, it's four dollars. So, like great, <laughs> keep doing that. So my other issue with traveling, uh, I also have celiac disease, which mm. means that I can't ingest gluten. It's not an allergy or intolerance. It's an autoimmune disease. The hardest part about being gluten-free is just telling people you're gluten-free, honestly. Like, I have no qualms about never eating bread or beer ever again. And also the travel part. So because of that, I bring a lot of snacks with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think anyone could still do. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, My mom's definitely like that. But she's very, very health conscious. And she's her stomach is real sensitive. Like if she goes out to eat when she travels, or she brings oatmeal and I don't know what other stuff. Yeah. But yeah. 
it's just super helpful, especially if you're the type who likes to explore and walk around a lot. Just having it's I'm all about the snack bars. Like mm-hmm. honestly, they are lifesavers because it's like you don't want to really like sit down and eat yet. You know, you want to keep going, but you also don't want to faint. You know, right? So right, I'm right, all about right, snacks, right. nuts. Oatmeal's great. Obviously, anything that could withstand a flight, <laughs> right? Eat, like right, anything right, right. perishable. So um, yeah, uh, one of the tips is the. It's bringing snacks. Yes. And if you mm-hmm. stay at a place, like, so our honeymoon, for example, was in the Tahiti, Tahitian Islands. Nice. And yeah, they had like a breakfast buffet, like at the hotel, right? And and we would pack our lunch from the buffet. So we don't have to pay for one meal a day. Hey, hey nothing wrong with that. You pay for it already. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I um, hear you. So yeah, my thing is all about food. <laughs> I see. I'm sensing the pattern. <laughs> yeah. But please enjoy the fruit, the fruit of the country. <laughs> the food, just, the just eat. <laughs> yes, it's once, I, once a day. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. No, that has been awesome. And tell us real quick, because you started in marketing, right? Working for a company in marketing. And then now you're a creative producer with Teatro Luna. And you basically, it's about, uh, it's for Latina or women of color, and it's about social justice. It's, so tell us, you know, how did you move from marketing back, you know, in, into that? And having gone to DePaul and a big theater to school, but obviously not studying that. I love, love that. <laughs> no, idiota. Um, no, I don't regret anything. No regrets. But I was actually doing all of it at the same time. So once okay. I got my job, soon after, I had such a great, first boss uh, who became my mentor too, who uh, told me that our company helped sponsor portion of tuition for like improv classes at Second City. So I credit everything to that, honestly, to getting me out there to actually try to pursue it. And that led to being in like the most diverse sketch team I've ever seen at that place. And someone from that group told me about Teatro Luna in Chicago because I I grew up in Chicago and I got involved with them very early on. I've been a part of the company for like on and off for the last seven or eight years, probably eight eight years. And, you know, started from just doing little short plays with them, having, you know, one sentence roles to um, actually helping write original uh, plays, ensemble devised work. To now, you know, we're expanding into uh, more digital spaces and and audio. We're trying to do some podcasts as well. And we just have all the things that we want to do. But from there, I also moved to New York and was in the sketch comedy scene there. And I did like YouTube videos and I got a little bit for them, but not enough to make a living off of. Mm -hmm. But I've always been really into digital content as well. And because I also worked in digital media since day one. So that really helped out too. Right. Uh, right. Understanding the landscape while also playing in it, I think was a great advantage. And I still do freelance media now too. So I feel like I've been doing what I've been doing for the last 10 years, (laughs) balancing both creative work with also um, professional work wherever I can. Because at this point, I just want to help people too. From my experience. Um, so I also t- teach storytelling classes as well. I love that. Yeah, it's, I love it. I, I mean, storytelling, I didn't even know it was a format, you know, until a few years ago, you know, stage storytelling. 
because the storytelling and everything from movies to Instagram, you know, to, to everything else. But I truly believe in the power of um, arming women and women of color specifically to be able to tell their own story as a healing practice and as, you know, a way to understand themselves and the world around them even more. That is powerful. And I love that you're doing that work because it is important because the, the more when you're equipping them with those skills and that confidence, just being able to tell, share that story that it does so much in all aspects of their life because they're confident, they can speak for themselves, they're, you know, it helps them advocate for themselves, I think, at least to so many different things. So I applaud you for doing that because I think it's so important <laughs> to be able to be out, go out there. I mean, for me, confidence is such a big piece and be able to speak confidently about who you are, who your, you know, your story, that's powerful. So I applaud you. That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up with what I call the achievement express. So it's gossip, but in a positive way, it's fun and lighthearted. And I'm going to ask you, five questions and um, it's just the quick answers, not too hard. So let's talk about, because we didn't get, we didn't, I didn't hear this about your Latina background, your heritage. Oh, yes. Duh. I am Latina. Yes. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, I don't think I heard. So share with us, you know, what is your heritage? Um, yes, I grew up in a Mexican-American household and second generation. Um, my first language was Spanish. I didn't learn English until I went to school which a lot of people don't know or would never have thought because obviously now the tables have turned and I am not feeling as confident when I go to Spanish language auditions. <laughs> That's okay. I think I can get by. I think I can get by. Um, That's awesome. So Mexican-American. So this is first generation or second generation or? Yeah, second generation. Yeah. My mom was born in Texas. Awesome. Awesome. So the next question is, what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? And I think you'll do well with this answer just because of your background. You know, if you, with your 15 minutes of fame, what would you do? Oh, my first instinct is just to like spew out everything that I've learned as a young woman. You know, that Gina Rodriguez speech when she won her first Emmy? I love her. Yeah. I, love her. I would do something like that, you know, okay. like have this empowerment type of like talk love it and we need more of us here yes yes see sí, as is that now a completely different question how many keys do you have your on your key ring oh. <laughs> that is I'm embarrassing telling, they're just, i'm just you know that is embarrassing random questions i think like 12 <laughs> wow you beat me 12 keys okay what do they do i don't know <laughs> but you have them on there. Yes. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Oh. <laughs> Lively. Mm -hmm. I, yep, I agree. That sounds lame. No, it's... Um, I guess like contemplative. I think a lot. Okay. I think a lot. Okay. Okay. So we'll say think a lot. Um, thinker. Thank yes. You. Thinker. And one more. And <laughs> lover. <laughs> okay. I love people. I love life. I want okay. to, I want to spread love. <laughs> love it. Love it. What would, and the last question is what would be your favorite Latino dish? Oh. It might be Indian. I don't know. No, 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 I'm not that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite, the first thing I think of is tamales. Oh, tamales are good. That's a good choice. You can have them year round when, oh, when I can. So Depends on right. the masa. 
Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Love the mark. Love it. Love it. Well, Christina, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed talking with you. You've made me laugh, smile the whole time. <laughs> you're a pure joy. I love what you're doing and what you're about. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So what did you think? Christina's personality is so infectious, and I think I had a smile the whole time I was chatting with her. You can connect with her on Instagram over if you just type in C-H-R-I-X-T-I-N-A-I, and I will have that link in today's show notes, so don't worry about having to write it down right at this moment. Let's find out who is the reina of the week. The reina of the week is Rochelle for starting to implement a system to manage her business finances better. So way to go, Rochelle. If you want to nominate someone who you feel should be recognized, submit your nomination over at jenhemphill.com forward slash reina of the week. This mujer, this woman can be anybody and doesn't have to be someone who is currently listening to this podcast. Now, each week we ask a new question, which by answering it, you get the opportunity to unlock a bonus freebie after answering those four questions pertaining to that month's theme. Today's question is, what was the discovery Christina made about her husband when they were in the process of looking for a home to buy? So to answer that pregunta of the week, you need a free account in the Her Dinero Matters Hub, formerly known as the Her Money Matters Academy. Please note, you already have a free account if you receive my weekly emails or have grabbed my daily money ritual PDF or have made any purchase for me. Either way, if you've made a purchase, grab that PDF, you would be receiving weekly emails from me. So all you have to do is go to HerDineroMattersHub.com to log in or reset your password, or you can even just start your free account if you don't have one or are on my email, email list at the moment by grabbing the My Daily Money Ritual that you will see there. The Pregunta of the Week will be announced in each episode. And after you answer those four questions for that month for that theme, it will unlock a fabulous freebie for you. Okay. And this month's freebie is a video training plus a free Trello board template. And if you're not familiar with Trello, you will be. And this it basically will help you make travel a normal part of your life and budget. So again, to access this month's freebie, you'll need to answer all of the four questions for that month's theme. And you can, even if you're listening to this after it, you can still grab the freebie for that month's theme if you answer those questions. So you don't need to be answering the questions at the time that the episode comes out. You can listen to it later and I'll have access to those freebies as well. Next week, we will meet Kyla, una colombiana. She's from Colombia, who was adopted by an American, some American parents. We learn about her money story and how well her dad helped to prepare her financially, but as well as the challenges she encountered. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Christina for joining us, for being transparent, for sharing her story. You can check out more on how to connect with Christina and today's show notes over at jenhempill.com 
forward slash 178. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe, you never know when someone's in pain in their financial life. Just a sheer sharing of this podcast or episode may be the push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until then, stay consistent on those money actions and habits so you can not only be the reina of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.